I V M I V M Hello everyone this is your daily NBA podcast coming to you from Monday to Friday I'm your host Monish and as always joined by Nishant this is Triangle Offense After the win in game 3 Drew Holiday said Chris Middleton was the heart of this Bucks team and that Giannis was the soul Today the heart and the soul came to the party but Drew Holiday didn't as the Bucks leveled the series 2-2 All about game 4 in today's episode Whether you're an established sports person or a budding one or simply a sports enthusiast join us Tanvi and Shlok We are two passionate pro badminton players talking policy mindset and everything sport So tune in to the Millennial Athlete every Monday only on the IVM Podcast Network Trust us it's going to be lit What he said what he said Middleton <laughs> was the heart of the Bucks team and Yeah, uh, okay. Okay, kids. <laughs> Before we can get to today's game, uh, there was a lot of rumors about how there are no big superstars in this this year's finals. There are no big teams. There are no KD. There's no LeBron. There's no Kawhi. There's no Warriors. There's no Steph Curry and all of that, right? This, this, there are two teams. One which has not won a championship ever, and one which has won a championship fifty years ago. And one player uh, who has played a finals before is Jay Crowder. but this series has been entertaining it has been equally competitive it has been intense it has been fierce it's everything you want in an nba finals it's close and it's uh it's tight it's 2-2 uh this is probably one of the best finals i've seen in a long time probably since the 2016 finals where lebron james came back from 3-1 down and demolished the warriors in the last three games yeah. i think it is the best <clears throat> finals since then despite the lack of superstars and i don't think that there are no superstars i think Chris Paul is a big enough star. I think Giannis is a big enough star. Booker is a good star to have. Middleton, well, he showed why he should be considered a star. Giannis but don't you think sure, that? But Chris Paul, I think, is a bit of a stretch as that <laughs> caliber of superstar. But yeah, I, I've I've been loving the series. I I like the competitiveness and all of that. Three superstars came to the party today. I think uh, Devin Booker. He got forty-two points. He had incredible shots. Uh, yeah. Great fadeaways. Ridiculous angles. Left-handed finishes. All of that. Giannis stuffed the stat line: twenty-six points, fourteen rebounds, eight assists, three steals, three blocks. Did pretty much everything. Had that incredible highlight block on DeAndre Ayton. He did pretty much everything that he could. And then there was Chris Middleton, who got forty points. He had no real highlight reels or anything. He just pretty much did the basics right. Got to the offensive end of the floor, pulled up jumpers. Whenever the Bucks needed a bucket, he scored. And that was pretty much the reason why i think he was the star of the play, uh, game for yeah. me today uh, despite yanus getting that incredible block and 26 points and 14 rebounds i think chris middleton we've criticized middleton a lot over the last few years where we say that he's a regular season guy when it comes to the playoffs he never really shows up but this post season i think he's really turned up uh he was silent in silent in game 2 and game 3 but he's been pretty much consistent he's been that solid number 2 that yanus always wanted right Yeah, uh, we were wondering sometimes if Drew Holiday was a number two or Middleton was number two. I think Middleton has firmly established himself as a number two, and he's done pretty much well for himself to be considered a strong number two on a championship contender at least, hasn't he? Yeah, and Drew Holiday slipping up has something to do with that also. Uh, it should be close between them. If not, uh, Drew already considered number two. 
Middleton stepped up not only on offense on defense also. We were talking about this in uh, about yeah. game three. He took that assignment. He took Devin Booker. He took the toughest assignment, and and honestly, he shot him down. Maybe Devin Booker had a bit of an off night, but he completely shot him down. Uh, Middleton, and and now in in this game, uh, he it's like he decided to take over on the offensive end. And what I loved about this performance from Middleton was he started and finished strong. Yep, he came out aggressive in the first quarter. to the point where like we've seen him do all of the things that like it's no it's no surprise that Middleton can play well it's not like nobody expects him to be a good player i think the critique was always he's inconsistent that's why we would talk about that every series you'll get one chris middleton game where he just goes off and it's unbelievable and then it's it's suddenly you you hit a precipice and then it's just kaput so so that was the criticism in this game he started off super aggressive where i thought okay this is the middleton game we're seeing it Because mm-hmm. we already, the Suns already lost their crowder game, where he got hot from three, and this is the Middleton game. He came out hot, um, really aggressive. He was at yeah, at one point he was isolating crowder. He was hitting with crossovers. It's kind of like how Kyrie would play with that level of confidence and aggression. I thought okay, great start, and then he finished strong too. Didn't they go on an eight run, eight zero run yeah. at the end in the fourth quarter, and that was all Middleton, all the yeah. points. Yanis just decided he's going to dominate the paint and the defensive end, not not let anything go in, and yeah, you guys go figure out everything else, and it works. And this is the version of the Bucks that works when they have this flexibility that allows Yanis, who's not only their best defender, he's probably the best defender in the league, to shut teams down, just take over that paint and say nobody gets in here. Mm-hmm. Uh, take your mid range, take your contested shots. PJ Tucker, I'm sure, will make life miserable for you. Drew Holiday will do his best. Middleton will pester you. They have a good defense, and nobody enters this area. To the to the extent of you can lob it to your seven footer, and I'll still go up there and block it, which is which is the one that got the internet buzzing. Um, so so it's very important for the Bucks that they see this version of Middleton. We've still quite not quite seen Drew Holiday. He had one decent game. I think he's he's struggling somewhere in that in that box setup. But if he can still continue to provide the kind of defense he can, I think they'll be in the zone. And you saw what it did, right? Um, Giannis took what nineteen shots was it? And Middleton took like thirty three. Thirty three. Yeah. Um, what that allows Giannis to do is make DeAndre Ayton look like a school kid. Ayton had six points six in the game. <laughs> six yep. points. Six and seventeen. Really, that's like Mark Gasol can do that on every every other night. Uh, yeah, I mean, really, that's Drummond on a bad night. So that was, uh, yeah, that I mean, credit to to Giannis. I thought him and Brook Lopez really took over the paint. And by the way, you you asked me about Middleton and all of this was about him, but really, this game should have been Phoenix's game to lose. They came in with the lead into the fourth. And throughout the game, they had. I mean, both teams sucked on three shooting. Yep. Suns were marginally better, but both teams were pretty terrible. Uh, but where the game was really lost for the Suns was the Bucks didn't have a great shooting night. Yeah, their their percentages were way off. Forty percent from the field. Yeah, they're just terrible Suns overall. Fifty percent from the field. Yeah, terrible overall. Now, when a team shots are not dropping, and you give them nearly twenty. More attempts than what you were able to put up. That's the disparity in attempts. Yeah. Why did that happen? It wasn't that they were heaving up desperation shots, not using the shot clock. It wasn't that. It's 
What was the turnover ratio? 17 to 5, I think. Let me 17 to 5. Offensive rebounds, 17 to 5. <laughs> Both in Milwaukee Bucks' favor. Yeah, offensive rebounds are not surprised. Like that, in game 3, I mean, they had they had situations where Booker was trying to box out Giannis as we, <laughs> as we went. So that I'm not surprised. But the turnovers, you, A, you can't have 17 turnovers in a game and hope to win. Right. Certainly not when the other team's only giving you 5. 5. And, and you know where it reflects? Points of turnovers, a 19 point differential. 24 yeah. to 5, the Bucks outscored the Suns. And that's because they got all of those ex- extra shots. It wasn't that they were making them at very high, True. high efficiency. So I think that's kind of, that's where the game was lost. Uh, the refereeing was atrocious. The Booker should have been fouled out. I, I can't believe that wasn't called. And good for the Bucks. They scored off the offensive glass. Because uh, of course they got the offensive rebound. But, but otherwise, <laughs> that would have been a whole thing. I like the fact that Yanis knows that he's not the guy to bank on in the ending moment. You saw him whenever he got the ball at the end and you know that the Suns are going to follow him. Yeah, he just passed it. the ball yeah. as soon as possible to Middleton. Like Middleton, you go take the uh, free throws and I know that you're a converter. You, you're a 90% free throw shooter almost. And that really worked for the uh, Bucks. I, I like the fact that he knows his limitations uh, and he's not afraid to pass the ball over to the second best guy or the better free throw shooter. But this felt like a 90s game, like you said. Uh, no, very few three attempts, uh, three pointers actually, 14 yeah. three pointers from both the teams. That's very rare in this modern age. Both the teams are very physical. You saw that Booker should have been fouled out. He had five fouls. Crowder had five fouls. PJ Tucker had five fouls. A lot of foul, uh, foul calls. Yeah, and still, I felt that a lot. Yeah. And still, I felt that a lot of them were not given. It felt like a very 90s game where the yeah. referees are like, okay, go at it, get physical as much as you can. And we call only the really harsh ones. I and you you pointed out the turnover ratio, right? What's yeah. up with Chris Paul? He has 15 turnovers in the last three games, and this is a person who doesn't really have too many turnovers usually when he plays. Joe Holiday, we've criticized him on the offensive end of the class, offensive end of the floor. But when mm. when it comes to defense, I think he's really shut down Chris Paul and as much as possible, even limited Booker whenever he has the opportunity to guard him. And I think yeah. Chris Paul. Uh, Despite all his greatness and whatnot, he's kind of sunk in these finals because he was not even the third, fourth best guy on the Suns yeah. roster today because that would have been Booker. Uh, Cam Johnson was amazing off the yes. bench. Jake Crowder mm-hmm. was really, mm-hmm. really good. Uh, he got 15 points itself, but he was really good on the defensive end of the floor as well. Campaign was good whenever he got a chance. Aiton was decent on the defensive end as much as he could be because it was, he was up against yeah. Giannis. Chris Paul is not even in the top five when you're playing an NBA final and... What, what's up with him? Why has he just disappeared? It's good team defense. I, I, Drew Holiday has done well, but I think it's good team defense. I like this combo though. This, uh, this man-to-man assignment set of Middleton takes Booker mm-hmm. and that leaves Drew to take Chris Paul. I think that's a better way to do it than to, to swap the two defenders on, on the two elite Phoenix players. Yeah, Phoenix, uh, Chris Paul's not been having a great few games, but, Turnovers are never usually one man's fault. Unless, I didn't see too many reckless passes. I didn't see too many, um, like Lamelo Ball type, circus stunt, Harlem Globetrotters type stuff. You didn't see any of those. This was just good, clean basketball. He got stripped. I mean, he, he made a pass. It got read. It got picked. Which means he was being forced to make those passes. Um, because the Milwaukee defense is supremely well organized. At least they, they got there by game two and by game three and four, they really got into it. Mm-hmm. E- even on that last play, and a good, good example of that is how they, uh, shape shift when they're making adjustments on the floor. Uh, 
Phoenix has a decently fluid offense, but the ball moves. If the ball is not moving by means of a pass, it's predictable how it moves. It's it's either Devin Booker or Chris Paul moving with it. Now, once they've understood that, notice how the entire defense shape shifts, and uh, subconsciously they're already prioritizing whom whom can they leave open, when do they double, when do they back up the screen, weak side support, all of that stuff. Um, that block that Giannis got on Aiton where Booker mm-hmm. opted to him. If you take a few steps back on that play, starts with Booker on the perimeter, right. occurs on him, gives him nowhere to go, gives him no room to shoot. Mm-hmm. Booker's trying to drive in. Finally, Booker decides, okay, he's going to take the long way ra- around um, Tucker because no screen is arriving. They need Aiton in the paint. So, takes the long route around. So, he's making a J route to the to the ring. Yanis uh, immediately steps up. Yep. And it looks like he's let go of Aiton, which is possibly Booker's plan is to draw the double team and lob it to Aiton. Yanis steps up, but his awareness is so unreal. He's always at just the right distance to move in, to make that block or to go back and make that block. Yep. He wants to block Booker. It's his ridiculous wingspan that helps him, Yanis, because he doesn't have to stand that close. He'll, he'll close that gap. If it's on Aiton, it's the athleticism that's really hard to visualize. You know he's a freak of nature, but it's hard to visualize anyone backtracking that fast, getting up. Where did he make that block? I remember Dwight Howard in the dunk contest once um, mm-hmm. made a 13-foot high uh, dunk. I think he stuck a, slapped a sticker on the glass at 13 feet high while dunking or something like that. This was roughly at that height. So that's at least 13 feet up that Giannis <laughs> uh, blocked that shot while backtracking, while, while turning the heel, yeah. right? So... That's deceptive. You just can't visualize it. You see it, you still can't believe it. So, um, they did so many things right on just that one play. Tucker hounded and pestered Booker, forced him to take the long route around. Now, what are Booker's options here? Either continue to drive to the rim or pull up for a difficult shot. You live with it if that shot drops, but it's good defense. He'll have to hit like some sort of fadeaway. Uh, then he tries to dri- drive in. Nope, Giannis is there. Nowhere to go. Does he want to go around Giannis as well? It's going to be a side angle, but maybe, you know, close down the gap distance-wise. Nope. By then, the the entire defense has shrunk around um, Booker. So, now he has Drew and Middleton right there. Right. And if he makes that pass, they're all at, at a good enough distance to turn around and, and make that block or block that run. Cut the slasher. What else, what else could have Booker done? The only way to go was to lob it up to Aiton. Mm-hmm. That's the number of times Chris Paul has been put in situations like that, where he has to get a pass off, but there's very little room. They've got all the angles right. So it's, it's great defense. Chris Paul has slipped up a bit, but it's great defense. Hello, everybody. Welcome to another great week on the IVM Podcast Network. If you aren't following us on social media, please do. We're IVM Podcast on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. Would like to thank the sponsors on the network this week, Cred, Siet, and Global Victoria. Thank you so much for making this possible. On Cyrus Says, Cyrus is joined by the hilarious and extremely charming illusionist and therapist, Sohani Shah. They talk about different aspects of magic like sleight of hand, mind reading, mentalism, and more. The Habit Coach completed 500 episodes, 500, and Ashton has a special message for us on the occasion. Do check that out. We had Lekhini Desai, founder of the India Ethnic Company, talk to Varun Dikirala about their story and the Hutke marketing idea that made them popular. On Nankari, Sadafinach just celebrated World Chocolate Day. They took us through the origins, history, economics of chocolate, and shared their memories. On Tere Mere Raste, Keshu Chaturvedi shares an interesting story from Leh. 
Check out an updated version of The Traveling Professor's Diary. It's now rechristened as Smarter with Sid. Same old brain fill with new stories and insights. This time, listening to know why you should keep things simple. And finally, check out Global Victoria Tech Talks. This one is in partnership with Global Victoria, the trade arm of the government of Victoria and Australia. The edtech and gaming industries are booming in Victoria, Australia, and this series is meant to showcase that. And with that, let's get you back to your show. All right. Uh, the chant across the arena today and the dear district, as they now call it outside the arena, <laughs> was Bucks and Six. The last time Oof. that the first four, four games were won by the home teams was in 2006. And then when Miami Heat and the Mavs were tied 2-2 after four games. And then the Miami Heat just came and won. They continued the momentum of winning games yeah. 3 and 4. And they won games 5 and 6 and won the title from there. Shaq and D-Wade were in the team. Do you think the Bucks uh, Now the Suns are actually... Pressure, under pressure to defend their home game because you were like the Suns have won two, they won the bit, and now if they get a win at the Milwaukee Arena, it's you have an advantage. But the Suns are in that position now where they have to win at home, or else you're coming back to Milwaukee, where Milwaukee have a chance to close out the series. Yeah. The Suns are under pressure, aren't they? And do you think that really affects their game? They've not been in this situation before. They've always had a lead in their previous series, so uh, it's kind of an unusual situation for them. I mean, it'll be interesting to see how they respond to this adversity. But the good part for them is at least for the next, uh, are the next two games at home? No, it's it's one, no, one and one, one, right? one, yeah, one yeah. and one. Okay, so so it's Phoenix Milwaukee, Phoenix. Got it. Okay, um, at least they're back home for the next game, which has now suddenly become a crunch game because otherwise they're playing to save the series if they go down, yeah. and they're playing in Milwaukee to save the series. Not ideal. Um, it's a must-win game for for Phoenix. Mathematically, there's still a chance if they drop that game, they can still come back. But it, it'll make it really, really tough for them. This is borderline must win to must win. What what I'm interested in seeing is Aiton. We're talking about Chris Paul shrinking. I think Aiton has shrunk. Mm-hmm. I think last two, three games, he's got into a host of trouble in many different ways. It was foul trouble in one game. It was what seemed like absolute lack of confidence or loss of confidence in one game where Monty Williams was. Uh, sitting him down and giving him a pep talk and trying to get him to believe in himself and all of that. And then this game again, he, he got flat out outplayed by uh, who could possibly be the finals MVP if, if Milwaukee go on to win by Giannis. Uh, and by Brook Lopez too. I, th- I think these guys have experience, the kind of experience that Aiton lacks in mm-hmm. in games like these that give them an edge. But It'll be, that'll be, it's now on the coach to see if, um, A, he can talk these guys back into the right state of mind. He knows he can leverage the crowd. And can they come up with a play style that really accounts for all that the Milwaukee Bucks are throwing at them? Which, by the way, we wouldn't even be having this discussion if not for all of those turnovers. They should have won that game. So... Um, it's it's a bit of a back to the drawing board situation, but the good thing, the greatest thing that could have happened at this point right now for the Suns is that they go back home to play at least one game. Right. Win that game and you put a lot of pressure. Yes, you're going to Milwaukee to play the next game. It's going to be a hostile crowd, crowd, but you're playing for the chip. It's one yeah, game the and scenario chip. is flipped. Yeah. Yep. yeah, yeah, yeah. Pressure is reversed exactly, and they have the power to do that, but it's not going to happen. Unless one of Chris Paul or Aiton at least comes into their own again in the next game. I, I have no problem with Booker. I think he had one bad night, but but he's always going to show up. He's kind of their Giannis in that sense. 
it's up to Chris Paul uh, and Aiton. One of them has got to step up because their bench has been exceptional too. So it's it's down mm-hmm. to these two. Somebody support Booker and they'll they'll be on their way. And Cam Johnson, all of all of these guys have been pretty pretty spectacular. Yep, I I totally agree. I I like the fact that you mentioned experience. I think the two experienced guys out today, Jay Crowder and PJ Tucker, they were wily, they were yeah. clever, they were winning fouls. I know that both of them had five fouls each, but that's the kind of game they played. They hounded literally Booker and Middleton whenever they had the chance. And Crowder sold a lot of fouls and won a lot of free throws as well, yeah. which shows in his 15 points. But uh, I think they really did a good job. And this is why you need experience in the team. Yeah, uh, all the sneaky years. elbows, all of that stuff, it not only leads to missed shots, it leads to temperament loss, it leads to people getting riled up, it leads to people taking um, irrational decisions in a, in a fit of anger. Things like that, and and they know how to get it to work. All of these guys, you take a uh, a Crowder, you take a PJ Tucker, Brook Lopez, for that matter. They've all yeah. been there, done that. Juro Holiday, all of these guys. Giannis hasn't been in the finals, Middleton, but but they've been through plenty of playoff series in their life. For a lot of the Suns nice guys, <laughs> sure, but for a lot of the Suns guys, it's like their first season ever yep. in the in the postseason, right? So yep. first ever postseason season. All right, then. Uh, we'll see when uh, the Suns come back and defend their home game uh, on Saturday, I think, the mm-hmm. next game. game five, two game, two days gap between these games. It's, kind of, it's been kind of a weird schedule, <laughs> but uh, two days, I think it helps Giannis recover from his knee injury if at yeah, all there is any. It, it helps the old guy Chris Paul recover from yep. the game time as well. But it'll be interesting when the Suns come back. We'll talk all about that when we're back, uh, but that's all on today's episode. Uh, nice talking with you as always and catch you soon. Hey, if you enjoyed this podcast, don't forget to check out our other interesting podcasts on the IVM network. You can listen to us on the IVM podcast app, ivmpodcasts.com or wherever you get your podcasts. You can also follow us on our social media. We're at IVM Podcasts on Twitter and Instagram. And if you want to reach out to us at Triangle Offense, and you know you do, you know you want to reach out to us and tell us that our opinions on your favorite players are trash. You want to tell us Magic Johnson is still better than Steph Curry and you don't think Steph Curry has changed the game. For all that and more, reach out to us at Tri Offense Pod, that's T-R-I-O-F-F-E-N-S-E Pod, on both Instagram and Twitter. If you love cricket, listen up. The Edges and Sledges Cricket Podcast is here for you. Hosted by DJ, Varun, and me, Ashwin, we bring a fun, fresh fan's point of view to talking all things cricket. Sometimes it's just the three of us, sometimes we have guests, including current and former international cricketers. For new episodes every week, check out the Edges and Sledges Cricket Podcast on the IVM app, website, or wherever you get your podcasts. Working Monday to Friday glued to your chair making you feel dull? Worry not. Get your five-minute weekly dose of travel around the world with postcards from nowhere. Join me every Thursday as I explore the strange, obscure, and fascinating parts of the world and bring out facets of travel you may not have thought of before. You can find us on the IBM Podcast app, website, or wherever you get your podcasts from.